Welcome back or welcome to Grateful and Full of Greatness. I'm your host, Mark Lucini. On this podcast, I sit down with guests who, in my opinion, live their lives with the pursuit of greatness in mind. This platform allows me to discuss and to explain strategies that go into reaching peak performance. This is episode number 34. My guest is Matt Abbott, professional lacrosse player for over a dozen years. Matt embodies what it means to be a pro. Member of Team USA, nine-time Major League Lacrosse All-Star, four-time champion, Toroton finalist, All-American. His lacrosse accolades seem endless. He is a current member of the Whip Snakes Lacrosse Club in the Premier Lacrosse League, as well as a devoted husband and father off the field. Matt was a leader on the Chesapeake Bayhawks and showed me the ropes my rookie in early seasons as a pro. Originally from Syracuse, New York, he attended Syracuse University and was captain his senior year. Matt served as a volunteer assistant for Colgate Men's Lacrosse for seven seasons. On top of all that, he is a co-owner and investment advisor at Armory Capital Management. On all fronts, Matt encapsulates what this podcast is all about. I'm so excited to have him on. Without further ado, Matt, thanks for being here. Look, thanks for having me. It's an honor. An, an idea I've brought with me o- over the years is, is emulate until you can innovate. And, and I talked to you uh, and I, I've spoken about you as someone that I've looked to emulate as soon as I walked in the doors as a pro. Uh, could you share who some of the, those early influences were for you in terms of those who you emulated and, and looked up to uh, in your childhood? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate to have been born into a lacrosse family. Um, both my grandfather, Larry, and my father, Tom, played collegiately at Syracuse. Um, my older brother, Mike, played at the University of Virginia and then uh, Cortland State in his collegiate days. Um, so, you know, being born to that lacrosse family, that's who I looked to, up to first and foremost. Obviously, as I, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, Mark, but my, my parents' house I grew up in a house about a mile from the Carrier Dome, just off of Syracuse's campus. So uh, not only was I, you know, third generation to go there, I was also, as a kid growing up in the shadows of the Dome, just a huge fan of that program, obviously, from a very young age. I was fortunate enough to go there and and obviously play and have some success. Um, So obviously looking up to, you know, those those 90s Syracuse players, early 2000s were some of my early um, sort of role models on the lacrosse field. And then as I got into the pro ranks, um, I mean, that just sort of expanded to an even bigger group of, uh, you know, what, who I would consider legends of the game. Um, you know, on my, on my Bayhawks team when I was drafted, uh, you know, Billy Gladding was a guy that, you know, played a similar position to me. Um, three or four years my senior, he was actually a teammate of my brothers at Virginia that I, that I knew, uh, you know, a little bit through that experience. Um, but he really took me under his wing my rookie year and sort of showed me the ropes from a you know, defensive midfield, two-way midfielder perspective. And um, you know, I think that really helped me get off on a great foot and, um, you know, launched what is a, you know, as you mentioned, a you know, 12-year pro career and, and hopefully still counting. Awesome, man. And, and, you know, what I liked that you touched upon uh, that I was, uh, as I was preparing for this, was, was kind of how you showed me the ropes and, and who showed you the ropes. Uh, I've mentioned this on many podcasts in the past, uh, but it's always important to bring it back up. I read a book called Seasons of a Man's Life. And at the end of the book, it talks about how we need mentors in the same way a child needs a parent. And I feel as if that gets lost. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, perhaps we stop learning uh, at the end of our high school and college years. Uh, but I feel like that's when the journey just starts on on the how to, how to do this in, in life. Uh, Matt, I've always, as and as I was preparing this for uh 
uh, to this conversation, the word humility came to mind uh, as something because I was looking through all your accolades and achievements, and, and there's a lot of a, a wow factor that comes with that. But I've never seen you boast. I've never seen you brag all along the way. Where would you see, uh, say you get that uh, sense of humility from? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it starts with, you know, my upbringing, you know, my sort of the way my parents raised me, I think, um, you know, to, and especially in a sport like lacrosse, where, you know, being a team sport and particularly the position that I've played, you know, primarily a two-way midi and, um, you know, sort of filling in wherever the team needs me. Um, uh, I don't know, it's just sort of who, I, who I've been, you know, I've, I've been surrounded by a lot of great uh, people, first and foremost, and obviously great players on the field. Um, and it's always, you know, my motto sort of always been, you know, team above self. And I don't think that's a very uncommon feeling in, in the, in the pro lacrosse ranks. I think we all realize that, you know, the, the, the team comes first and foremost. And, uh, and I've just been very lucky been very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of great people. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, talking to some, some folks after this past season in the off season and, you know, the conversation got going and, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the great teammates I've had over the years and the great teams I've been a part of. And honestly, I look back and I don't think there was ever a year with the exception of maybe my senior year in high school where I would even consider myself the best player on the team. Um, so I'm always surrounded by players that are, they're, you know, great players, great teammates, um, you know, willing to do whatever it takes for the betterment of the team. And, um, you know, if I can add to that mindset, um, that's going to help lead to team success. So, um, it's it's a simple formula, but uh, you know, I guess simple in in practice, but but tough to execute. One of the things that uh, I admire about you, Matt, is your ability to be uh, one of the best on the team and and the best for the team, and that's not easy to to, to do both. Uh, like those are described in your All American accolades, but also the captain at every single level uh, to a, to a younger student athlete. Uh, that will be listening to this, uh, how would you say they should go about balancing uh, that desire to be the best on the team while being the best for the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's maybe a, a difficult balance, um, you know, but I think first and foremost, and I think maybe you talked about this with Blaze a little bit, uh, you know, it's sort of, you know, putting the hard work and controlling the things that you can control, you know, only you can determine how much hard work you put in off the field uh, and particularly in the, in the scholastic area that, that includes also classroom work as well. Um, you know, you can't just spend all your time playing lacrosse and training uh, for your athletic achievements. You have to do so for your, for your academics as well. Um, so that's the, maybe the, the first bit of advice I would give to maybe a younger, uh, you know, student athlete of the game. Um, you know, it, it's not just going to, you working in practice for the two hours a day during the season or whatever is obviously not going to get the job done. Um, I, I enjoyed putting in the extra work because I got such joy out of playing the game and, and preparing for uh, practices and games. Um, you know, so it never really felt like extra work, even though it was. Um, but but you can control only a certain number of things. But if you take care of, again, classroom work, work, whether it's conditioning or skill work uh, on the field, um, you know, a lot of other things are going to line up for you. And if you surround yourself with those, with people of that same mindset, uh, you know, great things can be achieved in a, in a team setting, especially in, in the world of lacrosse. Staying along that same thread uh, in terms of advice and guidance, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you 
uh, that I'm just going to call the 15, 25, 35 is what message would you, would you share uh, with the 15 year old? Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were 25? Uh, and now that at, at the age of 35, is there something that you're focusing on now uh, that perhaps you hadn't uh, in the years prior as much? Yeah, I would say to, to that young 15 year old, uh, first and foremost, enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. I mean, I'm, 35 years old now, uh, you know, looking back on my playing career. And again, I hope I've got a few years to go, but nothing's guaranteed, uh, obviously. So I would say to that young 15 year old, you know, enjoy the ride. Um, you know, whether it's, whether you just play this game in high school and don't go to the, to the collegiate level, or if you carry it all the way to, you know, your mid thirties and you play pros for, for many, many years, enjoy the ride. What I cherish most looking back on all these years I've played is, you know, the memories of, locker room time with the guys and, and the bus rides. And it's sure it's, it's the wins and losses too, but it's everything in between. It's, it's the practice time. It's just the camaraderie of, of that group. Um, so that's what I would say to, to you know, young 15 year old to somebody who's in that 25 age group, maybe he's, you know, climbed the mountain already, obviously gone through college, maybe a couple of years in the pros, um, you know, stay hungry. Um, you know, we're in a time now we're in this sport. Um, you've got the opportunity if you, if you, can take care of business to, to play it for a very long time. And I've, I've been thankful and grateful to do that myself. Um, you know, so stay hungry and, uh, you know, and, and certainly give back too. And I think a lot of the guys do. And I think that's what makes lacrosse so great is such a tight knit community. Obviously one of the fastest growing sports uh, in, in this country. And we hope that trend continues, but I think that in part is because there's been so many great people that, really embrace that and give back to, to where they've come from um, across the board. And I guess to the 35 year old, uh, it's, you know, really savor every moment. You know, you never know when the last practice or the last game is going to be your last, when you're going to hang up the cleats. Like I said, I hope I've got a few years left in me, but again, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed. Um, I feel very lucky this past year, having the opportunity to play again after taking the 2020 season off, um, my son Landon was born in May of 2020, so I was in sort of a paternity leave during the uh, the bubble seasons, and decided not to play for the BayHawks um, in that 2020 bubble because Landon was, I think, just about a year or sorry, a month and a half old at the time. Um, so sat that out, and you know he's a year and a half old now, and he was able to come to some games this past summer, and that just, you know, those are memories that I'll have forever. Um, you know, having my son be able to watch me play and. You know, I guess my next goal is to, to play long enough for him to remember watching his dad play. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So, you know, what's ironic is I, I was formulating these questions while watching Monday Night Football, um, mm, yeah. uh, watching Tom Brady beat up on, on my New York Giants and, and just to see his uh, level of focus and energy, you know, even uh, r- rush for a first down and he gets up and he's yeah. going crazy. And uh, I just thought I'd ask. Uh, along the same front uh, on your end in terms of uh, the longevity factor, uh, how do you maintain uh, that, that desire, that, that kind of, cause training is not always easy. You know, you're not going to yep. always yep. love it. Um, but how do you keep that focus and, and keep driving forward even uh, late, late into the game? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not always easy. I've seen, and, and as the older I get the, the recovery time after games certainly takes a little bit longer, but, um, you know, what keeps me coming back is I still get great joy from it. Um, you know, from being around the guys and being around the sport, um, playing the game, you know, now being a father, I, I hope to, 
to pass that on to my son as well. I mean, obviously if he wants to play lacrosse and is happy with it and gets the same joy that I did, fantastic, but whatever he chooses to do, you know, just to, to pass on those, those characteristics and qualities that, um, you know, that, that I feel make this sport great and, and, and many other sports great too. It's really just the people. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's not always easy, but I, I try and find joy in it. Um, because I know what the reward is the reward. If I take care of business and knock on wood, I've been very lucky with injuries. Obviously some of that stuff is out of your control, but, um, if you put in the work training, I feel like that helps mitigate some injuries, uh, potentially. And, you know, I hope that, uh, I got a few years left to me, but again, at this age, I'm, I'm taking it. I used to say one year at a time. Now I'm just taking it sort of one week at a time as, as we go through the season. So I love that. You know, uh, you, you look nationwide and, and yeah, lacrosse is, is this fastest growing sport on, on the planet right now. Uh, I, I'm from New Jersey, hotbed maybe, but you're from upstate New York, which might be one of the hottest beds uh, in terms of lacrosse. And uh, I, thinking about you growing uh, up in, in Syracuse, going to Syracuse, you talked about being one mile from the Carrier Dome, uh, your father, your grandfather played it. Uh, it's definitely woven into the fabric. Could you maybe share a, a story or two on, on what it was like growing up through through high school and college in that community, right? You brought it up before of being around like-minded individuals and the relationships that influenced you, but perhaps uh, shedding light and highlighting just how big lacrosse is in upstate New York. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's huge. I mean, this is really the birthplace of the sport. Obviously, the, you know, the, the Onondaga Nation, the Haudenosaunee people, um, gave us the sport of lacrosse um, and it's really taken off here. And I think, you know, I've really been a, obviously a, a beneficiary of, of being born in an area where that sport is, if not the, one of the most popular sports for, for kids growing up here. Um, so I've been very fortunate from that standpoint, also fortunate to, as I mentioned, be born into a lacrosse family. So I, I don't have a childhood memory before I knew lacrosse, it was literally, I, I, I came home and there was a stick there for me. So, but I, at the same time, I also felt like it was never forced on me. You know, I, my parents let me play all different sorts of sports. I played hockey growing up, golf, soccer, um, you know, you name it up until about high school, I played a bunch of sports. So um, gravitated towards lacrosse cause that's what I got the most joy out of. Um, you know, and I think is again, as we mentioned from earlier, that speaks to the people and, and, you know, being from this area, it's, it's so, the sport is so deeply rooted in the community here. Um, and obviously you see that with, you know, a lot of the college programs in the area and obviously the players that come out of here um, that go on to, to play at, at the next level. Um, so feel very fortunate from that standpoint to be, a, been, have been brought up in that environment. Um, and I guess now that I'm sort of on the tail end of my playing days, the next step in, in obviously I don't see myself ever getting away from the game, even when my playing days are done. Um, my father and grandfather are both longtime uh, officials in the sport of lacrosse. My father's still still involved uh, with officiating. He's the head of the Division One's men's lacrosse officiating uh, group. So, so he's very involved in the game still in at his age. And um, you know, officiating has been the way that he's done it. I don't know if officiating is going to be the way that I stick around it, but I, I could see myself, you know, either coaching or whether it's uh, if my son decides to play his teams, but I, I always see the sport being a part of my life and, uh, you know, trying to get back and, and keep that growth uh, going, particularly uh, here in the central New York area. What 
I have many things come to mind with that answer, Matt. And one of the things is is perhaps uh, a book called Range by David Epstein, where the first chapter is this uh, Tiger versus Federer uh, idea, where where Tiger w- was. Uh, almost born with a golf club in his hand and being on the Johnny Carson show at three years old. And then Federer, who had more of a, a poly parent, I believe his mom uh, was was a pro tennis player and he was never really forced to have it. And just to see kind of uh, just from a nurture perspective that both could probably work to get to the highest level. That's what came to mind uh, as you talked about. Yes, lacrosse was the uh, lacrosse stick was the first thing that you ever saw as a child, and, and you were grow up around it, but you're never pushed towards it. And I think that's really important when you look at uh, the childhood development of somebody. You, you talk about uh, the area being so ingrained uh, with the sport of lacrosse for for the non lacrosse listener, right? And 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 this podcast being for more than just lacrosse players. What would you say it is about the sport uh, that brings you all the joy and the love? that you talk about the game yeah i think it all comes back to to the people you know and, I, and again that that is not unique to lacrosse obviously that's uh, you know unique to a lot of different aspects of life whether it be other sports or, or work or family it's um you know the, the people and I, it's in my experience in my path and journey through the sport um every step along the way it's been incredible people who are very selfless, who are giving and willing and wanting to share their knowledge and uh, of the sport um, because they know how much joy it can bring. And I don't think that's unique to just lacrosse. My, uh, lacrosse has been my path, obviously your path too. But, uh, you know, I think you surround yourself with great people and whatever you do, um, you know, good things are bound to happen. So, uh, and that's been certainly my experience in, in the world of lacrosse. <laughs> Just listening to you, Matt, I, I've heard you use the word joy so many times so far, and I heard a great, great description that uh, if you looked at a carbonated beverage, the, the the fleeting bubbles is happiness and the drink itself is joy, and it's here to stay for a very long time. And one of the quotes that comes to mind when I think of you is, your actions speak so loudly, I cannot hear a word you're saying, right? And I know you love the sport. I know, know how much joy it brings you because compared to other pro sports with salaries in the hundreds of thousands and millions, lacrosse is not there yet and and however i've seen you and over the years drive and fly hours and 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 spend uh days away from family uh sacrificing so much time away from family and friends uh could you elaborate on on why it's been so important for you even as you've gotten older yeah it's um you know i i don't know if i want to use this term but i I feel to a certain extent i'm a little bit addicted to it. And I mean that in a, in a positive, in a positive way. Um, you know, uh, it, it brings me so much happiness. It's been a part of my life for so long, but along with that, it is, it has been some sacrifice, particularly on, you know, some family time over the years, because there is a lot of travel involved. Um, so certainly my wife, Aleda, uh, you know, she and I were high school sweethearts. We've been, uh, you know, dating for almost it'll be 20 years this upcoming spring, wow. married for six years. So, so she's been, you know, my biggest supporter for the vast majority of my lacrosse career, we started dating freshman year of high school. So she's been there every step of the way. Um, again, my biggest supporter and, you know, she, she's come to a fair number of games over the years, but there's been a lot that obviously I'm leaving town and now leaving her home with, uh, you know, with Landon um, for the games they can't make it to. So, you know, huge sacrifice on their part. Um, but they've continued to allow me to, to chase my dreams uh, and well realm of lacrosse and, um, you know, without that support, I certainly don't think uh, I'd still be playing at this level. So I'm 
eternally grateful for that. Um, you know, same goes for my parents in my younger years, you know, driving me to countless number of games and tournaments. Um, you know, we don't get to where we are on our own. And I've certainly had a great support system uh, and continue to to this day. Um, and, and that's something I'm extremely grateful for. I love that. And bringing Landon and Aleda into the mix here, you know, you, you use the term uh, addicted or that idea of being obsessed with some craft and, and really going yep. for it. Uh, talking about the yin and yang of that, uh, doing a deeper dive into your life outside of lacrosse, how and, and, and where would you spay, say you invest most of your time uh, in the off season or during the weeks when you're not on the road? Where, where are you investing your time outside of the game? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think family comes first, obviously, you know, so trying to, uh, you know, spend that quality time because it's, you know, I mentioned earlier about the, the fleeting moments on the lacrosse field and how quickly the journey goes. That same logic obviously applies to, to family life. Um, you know, Landon is now, a, you know, a year and a half old and I, I feel like, you know, you blink and it was, you know, he was born just the other day. Um, so that certainly is, is, is gone by fast and we're just enjoying, you know, seeing him grow up in this you know, sort of new normal that we're all living in with, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic life, um, so trying to keep him safe and healthy and happy. Um, you know, so that's, that's sort of what comes to mind first and foremost. And then uh, obviously work life, you know, uh, you know, working in co-owning an investment advisor firm in Syracuse, that is, uh, you know, a big time commitment and obviously taking care of our clients is first and foremost there. Um, but I've got a great business partner, uh, Henry Wildhack, who we've been working together now for close to 10 years. Um, He's been fantastic. And, you know, I'm very thankful that it's just, it's sort of all fit together in my life. There's not a lot of downtime, um, but that's okay. I wouldn't want it any other way. And, um, you know, again, very grateful to have the, the professional work balance with lacrosse and the family life. Um, and everybody's really on, on the same page. You know, my family has been my biggest supporter, as I mentioned, and I don't think I'd still be able to play if that weren't the case. Um, because it, it, there's just not enough hours in the day to, to spread it out uh, amongst all those things. 100%. And, and, uh, just going into the nuances uh, of lacrosse a little bit, um, I've often talked about how uh, lacrosse is a great teacher for how to approach life. And, and in that same breath, uh, how players tend to express their real-life real personalities when they're on the field in their lacrosse game. Uh, could you share in your own words how, how lacrosse uh, has helped you become an, an even better person off of the field and, and perhaps how your personality shines uh, in your lacrosse game? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's very, very well said. I think, you know, a lot of the reason for my parents encouraging me to play sports, not just lacrosse, but whatever I was passionate about as a kid was, you know, I learned life skills. Like a lot of people did life skills through sports. Um, you know, you learn, you know, cooperation and teamwork and you, you learn perseverance, you learn, you know, the highs and the lows of the game and, and, and how to cope with those and apply that to your everyday life. Um, you know, we're just playing a sport and we we're playing it because we love it. Um, but some of those life skills that you learn, you know, responsibility, accountability, I learned those through team sports and, and in particular lacrosse growing up. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think that, Non-athletes probably learn it from other areas too. I mean, it's, it's again, not unique to sports or lacrosse, but that's sort of my avenue of where I learned these life skills. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we've been teammates for a number of years in the past and uh, I've always tried to lead more by example than by, um, 
voice. I've never been, I don't think, a very vocal uh, or overly vocal leader, um, but tried to lead. And especially as I've gotten into my later years uh, in, in professional lacrosse to, you know, take the young guys under my wing and sort of show them the ropes and, and try and lead them in a way that, you know, this is the things, these are the things that you need to do both from an individual and a team perspective to have team success, you know, try and have a, uh, a decent longevity to your career. Um, and what I've been pleasantly surprised by is, you know, a lot of the guys and I'd say many of the guys that I've run into as teammates over the years, they already have all those great qualities. They already know all these things. And I think just having that sort of that, that double reassurance from somebody who's been down that path before um, really just sort of hammers at home. But it's uh, I've been very fortunate over the years, as I mentioned earlier. There's two questions I want to ask uh, inside that answer. Uh, one, the second one is going to be about the, the highs and lows uh, that, that you uh, talked about. Uh, another is going to be, or the first was going to be a, a a statistic I saw in the NFL, and I'm not sure what it is in, in lacrosse yet, uh, but the average uh, career span for an NFL player being something under four years. And if they make uh, a Pro Bowl, it goes to over 11. And I thought that it was pretty amazing. And I, I look at you, Matt, and I see longevity. The first question I want to ask you is, what would you say uh, are the factors uh, – from an individual or, or cooperation from the team perspective that go into uh, longevity, if you had to give your best answer to that? Yeah, it's uh, controlling what you can control. So I, I think I've, uh, I've certainly put in a lot of work over the years to try and improve my individual skill set and then fit that into a team setting. Um, certainly a little bit of luck, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, knock on wood, I've, I've been very lucky from the injury standpoint over the years. And I realized that a lot of guys that are, you know, more talented or will work just as hard or harder than I did don't have their careers play out the same way because they've, they've had some unfortunate injuries over the years. So certainly a little bit of luck, hard work. Um, in lacrosse in particular, in the professional lacrosse game, I think that I've been lucky from the standpoint that my skill set also fits very well with that dynamic, meaning that, you know, I'm a sort of a two-way midfielder. I can play defensive midi or offensive midi. I mean, you know this, with our, with our limited roster sizes, that's a becomes a valuable skill set because you can fill a couple different spots on a game day roster. So I think that has certainly played a factor uh, in my ability to to play for all these years. Um, and then again, being being surrounded by by great people who have you know helped show me the way and um, you know really taken me under their wing. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of the coaches I've had with the Bayhawks over the years. Obviously, you know, Brendan Kelly and Dave Cottle were huge influences in my pro uh, lacrosse career and. Um, you know, we're there for pretty much my entire time with the Bayhawks and now with, you know, Coach Dagnita and, and Coach Murphy and Coach Grady with the Whip Snakes. So um, a lot of factors and some of it's within my control or, you know, those around me's control, but some of it's just, just luck too. Mm. You know, one of the things I like to talk about is this idea of, of staying versus becoming. And you, you're a perfect example of, of someone who's been able to stay. And I've looked to put words to it. Uh, I've said, you have to be available. Uh, you have to be reliable. Uh, you have to be durable. And I think what you were talking about there in terms of your, your dynamic play is, is you have to be versatile too. And I, I love the kind of transitive property in, into real life that that uh, 
brings because you sometimes you have to wear uh, multiple hats. Uh, look at your life as an example, um, whether it's an investment advisor at one moment, uh, coach the next, and then player, and then father and husband. You, you find a way to do it all. Uh, going into uh, the, the highs and lows, uh, what would you say when you reflect on your career so far is – is a memory that sticks out or two uh, of a really high moment and then perhaps a, a low that helped you become who you are today? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the obvious highs are, you know, I've been very fortunate to be a part of, uh, you know, championship teams over the years. Um, two, two in college at Syracuse, uh, 2008, 2009. Um, and, and for me, again, growing up as a, as a fan of that program and, you know, having the family lineage there, I, I didn't know if I was ever – I aspired to get to that level and, and to win national championships and play for Syracuse. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to achieve that. And then when that came to reality, uh, my junior and senior year to, to win those two titles, uh, again, that's, that's the that's stuff of my childhood dreams. So I think those certain two certainly stick out. Um, and then that just sort of team success continued with my uh, years with the Bayhawks, you know, four championships in the MLL over 11 seasons. Um, and I think each, each one, obviously a little bit different, uh, you know, one, one in my second year in 2010 and then quickly won two others in 2012 and 2013. So it was three out of my first five years. And then we went through a little bit of a lull there in the interim. Uh, it really made me appreciate the journey and the, and the climb to get back on top again. And then, uh, we're lucky enough to win, win again in 2019, which was my last year playing in the MLL. Um, so it just, you know, obviously those championship, uh, memories stick out, but more than just the, what, what I got such, you know, satisfaction and, and I'll use the word joy again from, from achieving that in a team setting is, you know, particularly in my later years, you know, 2013, 2019, the last two titles that, of the teams that I was on were fortunate enough to win. For me to experience that again, it was great, but to see the younger guys get that championship experience, um, you know, obviously on the teams we've played on, guys guys are very successful. They've won championships at every level. But every every so often, you know, every championship team, there's always a few guys where it's their first one, you know, and seeing the joy and the jubilation uh, that those guys get from experiencing that. And, and that, that in my mind, that forms bonds. I mean, we, we all form bonds with our teammates over the years and, you know, lifelong friends. Um, but when you get that, that seal of a championship on top of it, that really sort of solidifies it. Um, to a certain extent and, you know, hopefully provides guys, uh, you know, lifelong memories. Cause I know it does for me. Definitely. And I'm not half the probe uh, on the low, uh, on the low that, that yeah. really helped you. Sure. Back. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I, there's a couple that, that stick out. Um, and, and one of them is not all that serious of a low. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been very lucky with injuries over the years, but my senior year of college, uh, I ended up tweaking my hamstring pretty good at the very end of fall ball. Uh, going into my spring of my senior year uh, and great training staff, athletic staff up at Syracuse uh, led by Troy girl, uh, you know, to get me back in shape for the spring. But uh, it, it was, it was taking a little bit longer than I think we all thought. Uh, and I think part of that was, I was a little impatient on my end and trying to, you know, push back sooner so I could be in top shape come, come January when spring practice started. Um, ended up missing the first few weeks of practice in this, that spring and, you know, thankfully, Troy and the rest of the, the medical staff, there were able to get me ready to go for the season itself or when games started. But um, so that was a little bit of a setback. And then I think, uh, you know, another low, um, you know, which is sort of 
again, a double-edged sword because when I made the, the U.S. team in 2014, uh, that was a, I can't even say that was a childhood dream come true because I didn't, even, that wasn't even on my radar. You know, making the, making the world team was just so far beyond where I thought I could achieve. Um, so that experience is something that I'll always cherish. But in that, that world games, we lost in the gold medal games, Canada, um, you know, and they, they put together a great team that year and, and they were the better team without question in that gold medal game. Um, so that was certainly, certainly a low, you know, not, not getting to that highest level and not achieving, you know, that, that, that crowning championship moment. Um, but I think, you know, that, that, that sort of relit a fire under myself as back in 2014 to continue to plow ahead and, uh, you know, try and get better, uh, both on the field, off the field, and, uh, you know, you know, trying to, to achieve that success, uh, with the team again. So, um, you know, certainly you learn from your wins and you learn from your losses, I think. Um, and, and I, I've been, I've certainly had plenty of those uh, over the years to, to, to learn from. Yeah. So. I, I would say three quick ideas that come to mind, uh, that, that I always look to snap off when, when I ask about, uh, situations like that is a setback is a setup for a comeback every breakdown leads to a breakthrough and i really feel as if uh if you're able to keep that kind of perspective and, and in search of a silver lining you're you're able to understand uh that winners lose more than losers lose you know because they they risk it more and they go for it more and they put themselves in a situation uh for extreme highs and jubilations like you were talking about in the championship front or, or extreme disappointment and, and i loved how you talked about uh that idea of uh, seeing the younger guys win it. And, and and that goes directly with the next question that I had lined up for you is uh, when you look at your full timeline uh, of lacrosse so far, uh, what would you say uh, is different? And, and what's the same about Matt Abbott from the All-American to rookie to veteran? Yeah, I think uh, I've got a certainly a different perspective on things now. And I think I, you know, as much as I thought I appreciated things when I was younger, uh, I think I truly have a better appreciation for them now. Um, one, because I've been so fortunate to play for so long, but two, that I know that, you know, I can uh, certainly, uh, I've got less runway in front of me uh, going forward. So, you know, even, you know, particularly this past season, not knowing how much or if I would play, you know, to be able to, you know, be a part of the whip snakes, uh, play in every game, contribute, make it all the way to the championship game. I think I enjoyed, even though we came up short in the championship game to your, to your chaos. Um, I enjoyed that journey and appreciated that journey so much more. Um, because one, I, I had not played in 2020 because of the pandemic and two, uh, who knows how many more opportunities I'm going to get. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, perspective and appreciation, uh, is certainly heightened in my later years. Um, and then I guess what's the same? I like to think that I try and prepare the same, you know, put in the same amount of effort and work. Um, and I, I, I don't think that'll ever change because I know that's what in part got me here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's learning new things, it's adding things, but it's also continuing to, to put in the work that's necessary to, to play at a high level. You talk about that, that different perspective and, I, I have two questions that build off of that. Uh, the first is uh, off of Joseph 
Campbell's idea of a hero's journey uh, that you go into this unknown world. Perhaps it was for you, uh, that 2014 Team USA, where you didn't even know that world could exist. And you already talked about like the trials and tribulations uh, and this uh, kind of a, atonement of coming back to the same place, but with a new perspective. And, and you thought uh, that you appreciated when you were younger, but you definitely now uh, have a greater appreciation. So the first question I have uh, along that journey uh, is, is this idea of uh, finding mentors and teachers and helpers all, along the way. Uh, who are, um, let's say, your, your top three that just come to mind uh, as top three mentors that really have uh, held your hand along the way and, and, and guided you up the mountain? Yeah, I think it, it's got to start with my, with my father, Tom, and my older brother, Mike. Um, Mike is you know, roughly three years older than I, so he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school. Um, you know, always looked up to him uh, growing up, both on the field and, and, and in life, really, um, as much, many younger brothers do. Um, so they've certainly been my, my role models and uh, guided me along the way. Um, and even still to this day, you know, my brother, Mike, he's a, he's a coach in the college game. He coaches at the University of Pennsylvania. He's the offensive coordinator there. Um, so he's, he's uh, I can honestly say that, you know, growing up, and even in my, some of my professional years, I was never even the best lacrosse player in my own family. So, um, so I could certainly take a lot from him, um, and what he's achieved over the years. Um, so those are two that come to mind. And then, I mean, I think of some of the teammates I've had, uh, you know, over the years and obviously too many to list, um, but guys that are great leaders, great locker room guys, um, you know, our years at the Bayhawks, uh, you know, Brian Spolina, Nikki Polanco and, and Matt Donowski come to mind. Um, you know, guys that, um, you know, bring the best out of people that are around them. Um, good locker room guys really sincerely care about the guys that they play with. Um, you know, and those are three guys that are, you know, guys that were, you know, a little bit older than I am that I, that I sort of looked up to. And then, uh, you know, obviously guys like yourself that have, that have, you know, grown into these great leadership roles and, uh, you know, we've built these friendships that I, that I truly cherish. So, um, just a lot of great people over the years, definitely. Thanks for saying that. And, and, and Matt, when I walked into that locker room uh, as a rookie in the Chesapeake Bayhawks, I just remembered you vividly, uh, the preparation that you, you brought into the game, right? I don't know if you still do it, but you still tape your stick before every single game. and Every uh, game. Yeah. It's very meticulous, right? We can even go into the nuances of, of your candy cane tape job and using the ball to make sure it's, it's right and no ripples. And uh, Could you just share as kind of a, a tangential thought on your preparation? I know uh, you've had these influences, but is that something that you learned from somebody uh, along the way, that having such meticulous preparation uh, to every practice and game? You know, I, I, I guess it was learned traits over the years. Um, I can't say exactly where I picked it up from, um, some of those things, but I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in, again, you put in the work, you put in the preparation, uh, that's going to bear itself out on the field. You know, it's not always going to lead to necessarily the outcome that you want because you can't control that uh, 100%. Um, but you've got to put in the work, put in the preparation. Um, you know, and as, as you mentioned, for me, you know, it's it's – I'm not a overly superstitious person, um, but I think, you know, some of those pregame rituals just sort of help me focus and get my mind right. Um, it brings me back to a familiarity, a sort of a, a centering of, of, you know, focusing on the game. And um, I guess the, the stick taping came from my early hockey days, um, you know, taping your stick before every game and 
I'm sure my older brother, uh, he tapes his a little bit differently than mine, but that was a habit of his. So I think I picked it up from him and it's, I've been doing that for, I mean, at least for every high school, college and pro game I've played in and, and probably even sooner than that. And I've, I've done my stick the same way. And it, again, it's a, it's a simple, small gesture, but it, uh, you know, allows me to get my mind right for the game and, and focus on the task at hand. You talked about earlier when, when I asked you about the 15, 25, 35 to, to the 25 year old to, to stay hungry. Uh, would you, yeah. if I made it specifically about uh, professional athletics or, or even a, a young business professional, uh, what would you say would you be your advice to those that are just getting started in this new arena where they don't have the structure of college, where they don't have the, the structure of high school, uh, and they're looking to make it as a young professional and have impact right away? What would be the advice you give to that person? Yeah, it's a you know it's a it's a great lead in. It's uh, you know we've seen it in the lacrosse realm because you go from this structure of practice with your team five days a week with a game on typically Saturdays here, six days a week, you're in that team setting. And that's where a lot of the work goes in. Uh, and then you get out into the professional ranks and, you know, we're practicing one, maybe two days a week and having games. So being able to, to manage your time um, for whatever the task at hand is, whether it's athletics, whether it's in your, in your professional or business life, uh, manage your time in a way that you're, you can allocate the appropriate amount of hours, uh, mental process, physical process into your, into your craft. Um, so time management, I think is one of the biggest things and, um, you know, keeping that hunger and keeping that desire to continue to progress and improve. Um, you know, I think we've certainly seen it in sports and this can happen a lot in life. If you get some early success, you may not stay as hungry. Um, you know, so, so, so keeping that hunger and the desire to always continually improve, because if you're, I'm a firm believer if you're not continually improving, somebody's going to pass you by and that applies in all aspects of life. So, um, you know, so I think keeping that hunger, keeping that desire and, and always continuing to strive to, to get better each and every day is, is, is qualities that apply across the board. You know, uh, character coach, uh, Ben Ives, who's episode six of this, uh, I was having a long conversation with him and he was, uh, shedding light on how, uh, COVID especially has uh, really brought about, brought about this differentiation between pro and professional. And, and uh, you know, I probed on what he meant by that. And, and really what he meant by it was uh, a professional seems to need the uh, external uh setting uh to be to be successful uh and having the mm -hmm. schedule and, and having somewhere to be and somewhere to go to and even if they're stuck in traffic they're on their way to work and sitting down and then the pro doesn't need that uh they have these internal systems that they rely upon this internal drive that makes them tick and i love that kind of difference there uh the other question i had for you other than your biggest mentors in, in terms of the the perspective that you've gained uh was nobody gets to your level without having um, such a high level of curiosity and, and knowledge. So this is more of an open-ended question. Are there any books, movies, or podcasts that you'd recommend that have had a huge impact on you over your time or, or maybe a, a place where people can go to learn that you know has helped you in terms of adding to your uh, mental arsenal? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I'm, um, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say I'm not, I'm not a huge reader. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've, uh, I've tried to, to get more into to reading and to, to, to learning through that medium. Um, 
but I think th- through my experience, it's, it's been learning from the people around me. And I, and I know that, you know, not everybody has the same environment that I have, um, that I've had all our experiences are all different. Um, but, but I would say that that desire and that willingness to always want to learn more. Um, and again, whether that medium is, is through books or movies or, uh, you know, emulating people around you, um, those are all great ways to continue to improve and move forward. And for myself personally, it's just been, it's been through, um, you know, learning from others, whether that's in a team setting uh, over the years, or uh, as I mentioned earlier, my, my parents and my, my brother and, and other friends and family in my life that have, that have really, you know, led the way and, and shown me through example of how I want to act and how I want to achieve these things I want to achieve. Um, so I think, uh, you know, in that same vein, uh, as I mentioned, uh, I'm hoping to pick up different areas. And I, you know, you've mentioned a few of the books on just on this interview already in this podcast that, that I'm going to, I'm going to go pick up and go, go read because it's something that I haven't done a lot in the past. And, uh, you know, I think if, if you're always looking to continue to learn, um, that's going to put you in a great spot going forward. And the reason why I brought up that season of a man's life earlier, and it goes off uh, the, the, your perspective on the observation front is, you know, nobody really uh, rolls out a red carpet and tells you how to do this thing called life. So it's up to you to go seek out uh, those kind of mentors and, and, and leaders, just like I found you. Uh, I was lucky enough, you know, I don't, I don't think that was a uh, coincidence. I think it was something where uh, I, I saw a guy like yourself uh, finding success already. I already had watched you uh, in, in your successful days at, at Syracuse and uh I've said the story before, but I wanted to earn my way deeper into the locker room. Uh, you remember me sitting down right next to, to Phipps uh, in our Bayhawks locker room, and I wanted to make my way back. You know, I love the idea that you gave. Uh, if you're not continually improving, someone's going to pass you by. You said that was a firm belief of yours, and I, I really love that uh, idea. If I was to ask you a more vague question, uh, a broad stroke question, I, I would ask you, you know, what makes you tick, Mac? What, what, what makes you tick on like a, a day-to-day perspective? You know, you, you, you say things, something like, uh, if you're not continually improving, someone's passing you by, I have to ask you what drives you to keep improving. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really uh, multiple reasons. Uh, you know, first and foremost is uh, you know, for my family. And that, you know, growing up, it was, you know, my parents and older brother and my sister, you know, wanted to, to, make them proud and to, and to, you know, not necessarily prove them right, but, you know, to, 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 to sort of show that, you know, the, the, everything they instilled in me from a young age, um, you know, I was willing to take that and learn from it and, and, and grow into the man that I've become. And obviously, and as I've gotten older and, you know, it's now my wife, Elena, my son, Landon, that's what really is my driving force every day with everything I do. Um, you know, it maybe sounds cheesy or corny, but it's true, you know, so they've, uh, Oleta certainly supported me in my, in my career, uh, both on the lacrosse field and professional life, um, uh, for going on 20 years now. And, uh, you know, that we've got Landon, it's, it's trying to lead by example and hope that as he grows up, um, you know, I, I can do half a good as job as my parents did. And I think he'll be, he'll be doing just fine. So, um, those are certainly my, my driving factors, uh, on the field, off the field and in life. And, uh, 
you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what the future holds. Awesome. And, and in a nutshell, family, I love that answer. Uh, it doesn't need to be a long one. You know, I, I have two more questions. And, and the first one would be, is there any topic or question uh, that you wish I would have asked, uh, but didn't? Um, no, you know, I, I think we, we certainly got a lot of, uh, you know, stories and catching up over, over the years for from the experience that we shared. Um, so I think you hit on all, all, all the good ones. Uh, you know, from, from a general theme perspective, um, you know, I certainly, I, I, I do want to bring up the, you know, the, some of the times that I cherished, it didn't come up in, in questioning was um, maybe you've talked about this before, but uh, our times with the Bayhawks, um, you know, we got to spend some time w- with Ella, with Ella mm-hmm. Edwards, um, you know, and, and going through her journey. I don't know if folks know her story or not, but um, you know, she's somebody that, um, you know, I still think about a lot. Um, I'm Facebook friends with, with her and her parents and following her journey through her, her, her battle with cancer and then her, her, her beating cancer and, and surviving it and, and continuing to, to beat it every day of her life. Um, you know, Ella was somebody that we got introduced to um, through the Bayhawks as she was going through her, her battle with Ewing sarcoma. And, um, you know, she's somebody that inspires me even to this day, even though I haven't seen her in a little while. Um, follow her on social media and it's uh, continually you know, seeing what she went through and how she overcame it and continues to overcome it with what she does, um, it's truly inspiring. And I, I know you, you shared that same experience with me as we had many uh, meetings with her over the years. And uh, that's that's something that you know, I'll certainly always cherish. And, and I look forward to seeing what she's going to continue to do as she as she grows up. Yeah, I, I would say it's moving on, on every sense of the word. I, I remember... Uh, being a, a young pro and you, me and, and Mike Evans were asked to go play cards at her house. And I think that's yep. where you and I really started to, to connect on, on a much deeper level about the philosophical things about life and uh, moving also on the front that I ran the New York city marathon uh, for Ella. And, and I think just, yep. I think about her all the time uh, as, as well. And, and to see her uh, take something that had a, a small chance of coming back and, and, and she's just demolished it is really impactful and motivating. Even to this day, I think about that really often. And thank you for bringing that up. You know, Matt, I brought you on here uh, because I've seen your greatness unfold over the years. And I was lucky enough to follow the footsteps of you as a young pro. Uh, if I was to put you in the hot seat uh, and ask the question that I always finish off with, what, which is, uh, what does greatness look like to you? Uh, how would you define it? Uh, greatness to me is, is it's, it's multifaceted. Um, it's in a, in a team setting like lacrosse, I, I view greatness as, as, as being a dependable, loyal, hardworking teammate, somebody who is selfless and willing to sacrifice of themselves for the betterment of the team. Um, and a lot of those qualities, I think, apply in other aspects of life. Um, and again, we've just experienced that through through the lens of lacrosse, first and foremost. Um, so, uh, you know, it's uh, there's no wrong answer, but to, to me, that's that's what greatness is. It's it's somebody who's willing to to do what it takes for the betterment of the team. Um, and there's no guarantee that that's going to play out with on-field success. But I feel if you if you do those things consistently enough the results will take care of themselves. One of my uh, models, I guess, in, in the field of uh, 
psychology is, is a guy named Jordan B. Peterson uh, wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life. Uh, and, and one of his rules was rule number three, uh, make friends with people who want the best for you. Uh, I certainly have done that with you, Matt, and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, I want you to know how much even publicly here, uh, how much of an impact you've made uh, on me as, as a midfielder, uh, but also as a young man. So thanks for everything. Well, Glick, thank you. And, and the feeling is most definitely mutual and uh, look forward to uh, getting back out there again next year and, and having some battles on the lacrosse field. It'll be fun.